You're listening to the Dungeons, Dragons, and Psychology Podcast. Role-playing games at their core are all about storytelling, strategy, and imagination. But what happens when players and dungeon masters alike delve into the art of manipulation? Manipulation, in psychological terms, involves influencing someone to behave in a way that benefits the manipulator. Now, you might be thinking, wait a minute, isn't that just part of the game? Aren't players and dungeon masters supposed to influence the story and each other? Absolutely. But there is a delicate balance that involves manipulation that can transform a game into a very in-depth and unforgettable experience. I'm Robert Walker, author of Session Zero, the DMG to writing great campaigns in any system. And this is my show where I teach collaborative storytellers how to have more immersive campaigns using psychology. So to start our exploration, I want to begin with the players. Think of how often you have used uh, subtle cues. Um, In the vast tapestry of role-playing games, you're the weavers of destiny, the architects of intrigue. So using manipulation can not only advance your character's goals, but can enhance the collective storytelling experience. So first and foremost, I will say that communication is key. Remember to pay attention to your fellow party members. Are they motivated by glory or wealth, or do they have a hidden vendetta? Tailor your manipulations to align with individual desires around the table so that you can weave a web of camaraderie or rivalry even that adds to layers of the narrative. And start by considering the power of suggestion. A well-placed comment or a sly smile, a whispered word, those can all be seeds of persuasion. Perhaps you want to guide your adventuring group towards a certain quest or convince the bard of your party to perform a distracting melody during a critical moment. Subtly is your ally in this, and timing is everything. You could just say something as simple as, I wonder if they'd be distracted by his song, just to plant the thought in the bard's head to sort of get him to do what your character might want him to do in the first place. I think it's also important when you do this, if you're playing in an alignment system, you need to be mindful of that and the alignment of the overall party dynamic. So if you're overzealously using manipulation, it could breed distrust uh, among the other players. However, if you're you know, a chaotic neutral rogue, then manipulation might be the main way that you want to play your character in the first place. Uh, But remember, those things can lead to fractures in the group, and and the key is finding a balance that enhances the story without compromising the cohesion of your party. So another tool a player might use in your manipulative arsenal is is, uh, storytelling, collaborative storytelling. If you have a narrative and a backstory, that resonates really well with your companions, share those tales, uh, share your character's stories of valor or triumph or the tragedy in their backstory that you can use to evoke emotions at the table and bind the party together or get them to go uh, on a certain task that your player wanted to work towards. Your words and your stories have power because they can shape not only the perceptions of the characters in-game, but also the players around the table and overall the fabric of the world. Now, let's not 
forget uh, the power of diplomacy in manipulation. It is a skill in game for a reason. Uh, and it's also a very real skill skill that you can use around the table to move the the story in ways that benefit your character. So you can use your char- character's charisma to negotiate or persuade or even intimidate NPCs uh, in the game. You can forge alliances or uncover secrets and, and gain information. But also think about how if those words in the game can be like a well-forged blade that can cut through obstacles, so too can powers of manipulation, skills of manipulation used through diplomacy at the table. You can negotiate a path forward that is an even balance between what you and your friend wanted to do next in the story. And, you know, sometimes I would hesitate to call that manipulation, but really getting your way is sort of always manipulation and even coming to an agreement is both parties sort of manipulating each other to the best of their ability to negotiate on a settlement so to speak so the more daring among you players might explore a little bit more of the realm of deception lies uh, concocting elaborate schemes or adopting disguises or feigning alliances uh, to achieve your objectives Remember, that path can be a lot of fun, but it can also be perilous. If you have a poorly executed deception, it could lead to consequences that tarnish the trust you've built with your fellow players. Or if you're just using it in-game, then it could lead to problems amongst the party. And I don't think you necessarily want that. So both in and out of the game, players using the psychology of manipulation can find it a versatile tool. It could elevate your RPG experience, but you need to approach it with creativity. You need to be empathic towards your other players. You need to have an understanding of what you are doing. Weaving threads of manipulation into the narrative, you can enhance the story, but you can also contribute to the the collective magic that makes up the tabletop game and making it an unforgettable journey. It is an effective way out of character to push the party to sort of do things that your character wanted to do. But remember, it's still a collaborative game. And I'm giving you these ideas as sort of a fun way to see correlations between the game world and the real world. But also remember, you're there to have fun, and so is everybody else, and that's very important. So let's look at Dungeon Masters. Dungeon Masters have this canvas of imagination that is vast, and for the players, it's uncharted. They are exploring the canvas and the tapestry that is created by the Dungeon Master, and they are adding little threads to it, but they're sort of coming to this world as a blank canvas, and then they get to add their little pieces of color here and there while the Dungeon Master is weaving so much for them. As we look at the ways that psychology of manipulation can be used by the dungeon master consider the impact of narrative decisions i think that's very important to say right up front your epic is continually unfolding and if you don't consider what you're doing ahead of time like if you're laying a false trail or you're orchestrating a betrayal or crafting a plot twist you're the maestro conducting the symphony of this gaming experience and if you're just waving your arms around haphazardly just trying to incorporate things it's not going to sound good, right? Like you just, you you need to be 
thoughtful of where you're going when you want to use misdirection. So let's start with that. Like a skilled illusionist, you can plant false clues, creating a very misleading narrative. You can guide your players down an unexpected path, like a seemingly benevolent NPC that they've befriended can turn out to be something that they're not. Or a prophecy that they've been following can actually end up leading them astray and taking them away from where they're supposed to be rather than towards what their destiny is supposed to have them do. Misdirection can help keep your players on their toes, and you get to watch as they unravel the mysteries of the tapestry that you've made. Next, betrayals. Betrayals are one that I incorporate quite a bit, but they do need to be executed with a bit of finesse to be a powerful narrative tool. So introducing NPCs who initially seem trustworthy, but might harbor hidden agendas, or um, unveil an alliance that then crumbles under the weight of deception. The shock and the emotional impact of a well-timed betrayal can really elevate your campaign to, to new heights and leave a very lasting impression on your players. If you've been listening to the show for a while, likely you've already heard about the great betrayal that I orchestrated in one of my games by having, from the very beginning of the game, one of the players was the big bad evil guy of the whole campaign that the party was working against, but he was in the party with them, and they didn't realize it until three or four sessions to the end when he betrayed them by basically stabbing stabbing in the back one of the PC's cohorts and and really just wreaking havoc as he announced himself, leaving a cliffhanger on the game. And, and if you've listened, you've heard how the players who are in this game still describe this as, at the time, one of the greatest betrayals they had ever experienced and how mad they were, but now, and coming back to it, like one of the greatest moments in their gaming history ever because it was so emotionally evocative for them. So consider that sort of a thing, but also don't overdo it. Make it, make it count and make it thoughtful. Don't just do it for, for you know, the excitement of making it happen, make sure that you plan it. And when you plan it well, and it goes off the way you want it to, it is as awesome for the DM as it is for the players, I can tell you that. So let's talk about the cornerstone of my storytelling, which is plot twists. They are unexpected turns that can redefine a narrative uh, and keep your players engaged. It can be the sudden reappearance of a presumed dead character, or a revelation that alters the course of prophecy, or a twist that challenges the very nature of reality within the game world. They are, to me, a spice that keeps a story flavorful and unpredictable, and the plot twist moments are sort of those that, that really just become the things that you remember the most, in my opinion. We're going to get a little more into the plot twist as an idea in Tricks of the Trade today, uh, but I I just want to tell you that they're like my favorite storytelling tool. I'm sure you figured that out by now, but I will just remind you of it one more time because I think they're so wonderful. Uh, next, let's talk about moral ambiguity, which um, would be introducing dilemmas into the story that force your players to question their own character's convictions. So here you're blurring the lines between what's right and what's wrong, and this can add a lot of depth to the narrative and foster character development and meaningful decision-making. It can also help people cement the way that they want their characters' personalities to be, because this is the time where they actually have to make those choices of what would my character do in a difficult situation. The choices 
that they make in the face of moral ambiguity shapes their characters and the trajectory of the campaign. So one thing I would caution you about on this is don't include a really drastic moral choice if it is going to alter the way that the campaign's going in, in a way that you're not prepared to handle. Like if you're giving your characters the opportunity to, you know, choose the good side versus the bad side and either become evil or remain heroes, but you don't want your game to go evil, you probably shouldn't give them that choice because they might take it. They might not be heroic when it finally comes down to the decision. They might want the power and the wealth and whatever is promised to them by the big bad evil guy to join their side. And that could completely dismantle a campaign if you're not ready for that decision to be made. So remember that manipulation is a great tool for dungeon masters to shape the narrative landscape and create a memorable gaming experience, but wield it wisely. Too much manipulation can fracture the trust between you and the players. You need to strive for that delicate balance that keeps tensions high, keeps the story engaging, and keeps the players invested in the unfolding saga. Let's head over to Tricks of the Trade. So for today in Tricks of the Trade, I want to unveil some specific examples of how to use plot twists, those narrative gems that I love so much that I feel elevate your tabletop experience to new heights. So remember, a well-executed plot twist isn't just a momentary shock. It's a carefully crafted revelation that reshapes the landscape of your campaign. So let's look first at the prodigal ally returning. So imagine a scenario where, in the heat of a battle, a familiar face emerges from the shadows. It's a trusted ally, presumed lost or perhaps even dead. And they re-enter with the fray of a mysterious tale of survival. This unexpected return can provide a surge of emotion for the players, but also can introduce a wealth of new questions about how did they survive, what secrets perhaps have they uncovered during their absence. This reunion can become a catalyst for a fresh chapter in the story and weave threads of the past into the fabric of the present. One thing I will caution you with on this is make sure that this is planned and this is not just something you throw in because a battle is not going in favor of the party. I honestly think that this works best when the party has made a decision to abandon a battle on their own and you still let them abandon that battle then the ally can return to maybe help them escape, not help them win the battle. So it can still be a time of failure where the party needs to regroup and reevaluate things, but now they're going to have a wealth of new information that can be brought in from this returning ally or the familiar face. Next, the betrayal within. So in the heart of the party's quest, you reveal that one of the closest companions has been harboring a hidden agenda. This could be a bard who has been a steadfast ally that was secretly working for a nefarious organization the whole time, or the revelation can lead to other consequences like broken trust or internal strife and a shift in the power dynamic amongst the players. The betrayal challenges players emotionally, but it also injects a dose of realism into the fantasy world because it reminds us that not everything is as it seems and people's internal motivations are something that are truly known only to them. So again, 
This is something that has worked very well for me in some games, the betrayal, but don't overuse this one, especially don't overuse it if you were having somebody else in the party involved in it the way that I did. If I did that in every game, you know, nobody would ever trust any game that I ran because they would always know that one of the party members was working against them. And I think that can be fun once or twice. Use it sparsely but effectively. And next, plot twist three, we have the Shattered Prophecy. So if you're in a campaign that is steeped in prophecy or destiny, consider a twist where the foretold events take an unexpected turn. So the prophecy, which was maybe believed to herald a victory, could suddenly become rife with misinterpretations. The twist of this fact, uh, this style, could introduce an element of uncertainty, forcing players to question the fabric of fate and whether or not they're truly the heroes they're destined to be. So as they navigate these shifting sands of destiny, their choices have new weight and the campaign can evolve into new and uncharted territory. The beauty of these sort of narrative deceptions and manipulations lies in their ability to breathe life into your campaign. It can transform it from a linear narrative into an evolving epic with multiple branches. And when you craft these twists, remember to consider their emotional impact. The potential for player agency and long-term consequences should also be at the forefront of your thought. A well-executed plot twist does not just shock. It needs to resonate. Leave a lasting imprint on the memory of your group. That is the point of them. So... If you dungeon masters want to weave the intricate threads of this stuff into your next adventure, remember to consider the power of the unexpected. Plot twists are a awesome ingredient that keep players on the edge of their seats and anticipating the next revelation that's going to reshape their journey. That is all for today. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, remember that you can join us on Patreon if you want to become an official cyclothid and contribute to the growth of this show. I appreciate all of my patrons, and I invite any of you to join as well. Uh, just to let you know, if you become an Elder Brain Cyclothid, you will get a copy monogrammed of my book uh, sent right to your doorstep. So that's kind of a fun little treat as well. As always, you can jump on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating or review. That really helps the show get seen. I appreciate it very much. We're going to have one more episode this season, which will be our season finale. And then we will be taking a short break through the end of the year uh, until season three begins in January. And thank you, Cyclothids. We will see you next session.